Hi, I'm Sonia Jean Killebrew, and this is Black America and COVID, an oral history project. I started this project during Black History Month of 2022 because I wanted to provide a platform for Black Americans to share their stories about living, working, and or going to school during the COVID-19 pandemic. I also wanted to provide a space for people to memorialize someone who is a Black American who sadly lost their life during the COVID-19 pandemic. I was inspired by the work of Zora Neale Hurston, author and anthropologist, to record the experiences of Black Americans in their own voices. My goal is to get my recordings into museums such as the Smithsonian Museum of African American History and Culture, or the Schomburg, or the Library of Congress's Folklife Museum. I'll share a little bit about me and my family history, and then I'll speak to my guests. I'm a Black American. My dad was African American and Indigenous American. His ancestors were enslaved in Georgia. In fact, we still have our family's slave name, which is Kilbrew. My dad, Dr. Terrence Kilbrew, met my mom in graduate school at the New School in New York when they were both earning their master's degrees in psychology. And I'm a fourth generation teacher. So my mother is a retired New York City teacher. My grandmother was a teacher on the island of Jamaica for 20 years and then in New York for 20 years. My great-grandmother was a teacher in Jamaica up until she got married. She was the daughter of an Irish woman and a black man. She stopped working after she got married because it wasn't considered respectable for a married woman to continue working in the late 1800s. And ironically, my mother began teaching long after she got married in the late 1900s. So, Without further ado, I'm excited to speak with my guest today. My name is Joseph Lavere Jr. I was originally from Brooklyn, New York, Flatbush, and I currently move and live in Shreveport, Louisiana. And do you identify as Black, African American, Caribbean American, or how do you identify? I, I identify as um, African American of Haitian descent, but my mother, rest in peace, would smack me. She's like, no, you're Haitian. You're just born in America, but you're Haitian, so. <laughs> Oh, so but is that your... Wise, I'm African-American. African-American? Mm -hmm. So is Haitian your ancestry? Do you know about your ancestors? Yeah, as far as um, my mother and father, they were both born in a city called Leogan in Haiti. And I know back to like my great-grandparents, but as far as there, I don't know far, but I always wanted to like take one of those like ancestries and then see mm -hmm. from there. But most likely ancestries even like Benin or Congo around that mm -hmm. area. Wow. Thank you. And oh, I'll just share, we know each other because we both worked at the Amazon bookstore on Absolutely. 34th Street and Fifth Avenue uh, back in 2017, right? Yeah, it was like 2017, 2018-ish, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for your time. I'm really excited to hear your story about living and working during the COVID-19 pandemic. And yeah, feel free to, you can if you want to start at the end of 2019 or the beginning of 2020 and just... Tell us how your life was like. Um, well, 2019, I was actually still at Amazon. I became one of like one of the leaders in the store. 
And once it started, of course, like there was little rumors here and there that we have a pandemic, a pandemic is coming. Um, I think as Americans, we were pretty much in the beginning kind of ill-prepared because we just thought oh, it's going to be like a flu or something. And it was more of like looking at it like, okay, this will come and pass. But then we started seeing people getting sick and everyone's going like pretty much hospitals were packed and people started getting sick, unfortunately. So we were told to stay home as far mm-hmm. as, so we stayed home. Um, I had family members who started catching it. Uh, for the most part, a good amount of my family members locked out, if that's the word you'd use, that they basically were able to remain alive after getting it. And um, from there, from there, I had left and I started doing, I went to a program, which was at home pretty much. So it was through Zoom. Then I started working. Originally, I, I was at home, but then I started working like a hybrid where I would work from home and then also work at the office. But that was around the time when New York started saying that you have to have that card, vaccine card and everything else. Mm-hmm. And once I took the initial shot, then I was working there. But then I had to leave there because I had to leave New York. And this is where I ended up in Shreveport uh, for the most part. But before that, just I would say maybe was it late December, January-ish or February? I ended up catching COVID for the first time myself. Oh. So I, I have the experience of knowing what that feels like. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm glad that you've recovered. Yeah. So can you describe what was it like working in the store? Like, did you limit capacity during the pandemic? Yeah, it was limited capacity. Um, we did follow the six feet distance. Um, so it was quite interesting to actually to be able to speak to customers. It got to the point like, hi, hi, how we're doing and everything. And then you had to wear a mask all day. So at first that was like literally suffocating at one point. But as we got used to it, we had to make sure. And then customers, you have customers with different ideas and ideals about wearing a mask, not wearing a mask. So we had to go through all of those and either having to go as far as possibly being rude or not, you know, depending on how they felt. But you've had a lot of conflicts as far as that when the whole politics of it came in. So we had to deal with that as well. Um, And then you just had to deal with like, for instance, you're trying to stay six feet away, but human nature makes people want to have a conversation with you up close. So that's like Mm -hmm. you're stepping back and stepping left, they're stepping right and stepping forward with you. And it's just like, oh, so you could, you had to deal with those as well. But it was definitely an experience in the store of having to go through that consistently. But Mm -hmm. for the most part, for the most part, we, we pulled through. Well, since you were working in person, were you also going out and buying groceries and running errands during the pandemic? Uh, yes. Now, once we pretty much had it where we had to stay home, funny enough, maybe about four, how long did that last as far as it was quarantine us, like the country, especially in New York? I'd say about what, three, four months? Literally, like the most I, most I traveled was maybe three or four blocks. Mm-hmm. And I would just go and then I'd have my mask and then quickly get whatever I needed and then come right back. And then for the, after that, it would be like, we'd have things be delivered like DoorDash and say, you know, leave it at my door and the person leave it at the door and then you take it. Oh, so were you at home like March, April, May, June, and then the story opened? Yes. Okay. That was a pretty quick rebound. 
Because I was just, I've um, spoken to a lot of teachers and, you know, the schools were closed for like a year, at least a year, but the stores reopened. Yeah, stores opened before. Stores definitely did open before schools did. Okay. Um, But it was to like, they made the time shorter and then it was like, and then whenever we came, we had to take a temperature, a temp check. And of course, if your temp was over, you had to go home immediately. Yeah. Interesting. So when did you move to Shreveport, Louisiana? I actually moved, wait, I've actually been, it's only, it's only, it's been fairly like maybe almost a month. It literally just happened. It was just so fast. It's like I had one of my frat brothers had told me about an opportunity down here where I can get land. So at first I was like, I'm not sure. Cause I'm like, I'm in New York. I've never been to Louisiana before, which is odd. But then something, the way just everything just went smoothly as far as um, a lease, like me getting my lease at first and everything working towards me going there, I just said to myself, okay, it, it must be spirit. So mm. spirit must be behind this in some way. So don't fight it, just go. And that's how I ended up here. And then mm. that's the plan is eventually to get land myself and then build like one of those modular homes on it. Amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Are you working from home there? Yes, yeah. yes, I am. Wow. And oh, and I like to ask about like a 24 hour day during the pandemic. What was it like for you? Um, whew, cabin fever kicked in early for me because mm-hmm. I'm definitely an extrovert, but an introvert at the same time. It's, it's hard to explain. But yeah. for the most part, I guess it's one thing to be able to say, okay, I don't feel like going out then have the feeling of I can't go out. There's nothing open. There's nothing to do. Everything's shut down by at least eight. By the time the sun is down, everything is barren. And it just felt weird because you're home, but you kind of feel imprisoned, but you understand that there's a pandemic out. So it was just very interesting. But after a while, what I started doing is like, I made sure I had like every single subscription known to man. I had Netflix, Hulu, I had everything. and I was, of course, working from home to the capacity that I could as far as with the store. And from there, it was just as time went by, started reading books, uh, playing my PlayStation and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. then that's when Zoom started really getting that push because now everyone is Zooming each other. So I would be in a, in a bunch of groups. And then finally around, I think, as we got in later, that's when verses and D nice kicked in. So now you got verses and stuff to do. So I guess it was just making sure that I was distracted as much as possible. Did you get caught up in the any of the waves of the Netflix TV shows that people were watching back then? Oh, what was I watching? Knowing me at the time, I can't remember initially, but I'm a, I'm definitely a Marvel, I'm definitely a comics nerd. So everything Marvel and DC, I probably watched as much as possible. Um, and then I think there was like a couple of movies here and there that were pre, you know, pre shut down as far as Hollywood that I watched from there. Mm-hmm. But I did catch up. Oh, I did catch up to like Breaking Bad and The Wire and certain shows like that. Oh, such amazing series. Two yeah. of my favorite series. I always said I think The Wire is literally like probably the best written show I've ever seen. And even the nuances, the little nuances that just watching and just body language and how certain things like that just leads to something in the future. Oh, 
Yeah, like I didn't even know Idris Elba was British. I mean, his right. accent was flawless. Right. Flawless. Yeah. Flawless. Straight up northeast. Straight up. Sound just like us. Yep. And I love Omar. I still that that infamous quote: "When you come at the king, you best not miss." It's like so many great quotes. Wow. Um, I was trying to think of, oh, someone mentioned like the sounds of Brooklyn. Like, do you remember fireworks or people applauding or sirens in your neighborhood? Um, I think if I remember once it was lifted, because mm-hmm. I'm in a Caribbean neighborhood, so you heard nothing but like dance hall and soca and all over the place. Because it was so funny. It was like as soon as it was announced that, yeah, we're lifting the thing, we can go outside now. You just started hearing all the music and stuff. And people were like, yes. You, know, oh, you, just hear the, yeah. you just hear the different, you know, accents just kicking in, and everybody like, "Yeah, let me go. We going outside? Yes." <laughs> <laughs> oh, the celebration! I like that. Oh, and I also like to ask if there's anyone who you would like to memorialize who may have sadly lost their yeah, life. Yeah, definitely. Um, my frat brother Jared Sockwell. He oh. was a member of Five Minute Sigma Fraternity Incorporated, and um, very, very just a loving brother and he just loved football. He loved kids, stocky guy and everything, stocky like me, you know, and we, you know, we, I used to call them my, um, you know, besides with him and myself and my other brother, Terrence, my other frat brother, I used to call us like the lineman of the frat because we just all had like that lineman build. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, and it was just, you know, we all had these beautiful personalities. So like him, when he passed, it was crushing, but, mm. I remember the send off that I heard was done. Unfortunately, I couldn't even leave to go there. Mm. But everyone drove like they said that the like cars for like almost close to a mile. Cars were just coming him and they would stop and just like dedicate something in front of his home. Because oh. he was a very, very beautiful spirit. And that's tough. That one was tough to this day. It's hard losing appear i mean it's hard losing anyone but especially someone our age it's hard and especially and especially amongst like especially amongst us our people like i've had i've had friends that lost both breath like literally both sets of her grandparents all of them caught covid all four mm. Pat. i've had you know of course people lost parents everyone lost some people lost aunts uncles brothers you know it was it was it was very tough amongst you know a lot of people i know it was at one point, it was just like scary to even turn on Facebook because it felt like as soon as you turn on Facebook, you're going to hear RIP F COVID, <laughs> you know, mm. person's name F COVID. And you just kept seeing that line over and over and over again at one point. I do know a lot of people lost parents. I reach out to a lot of people and a lot of people aren't ready to talk about it because it's so hard. So thank you for, for talking about it. Yeah, especially with me, I ended up getting it myself. So it's it was it was. I would not wish that on anyone. It's to, to, to describe it, which I probably will if you want. If you ask, I have no problems. But it's it's an experience. <laughs> well, yeah. So the, ideally, the podcast will be in in an archive, and then people in the future can listen to it to know what life was like. So, would you please describe what it was like to get COVID? Um, sure. I was, this is when we all started going out and it was so funny. I, unfortunately, I was just leaving my, um, 
aunt's funeral and hanging out with my frat brothers that weekend. And then I left and I was perfectly fine. So I know it wasn't that day. But then the next day I had went out and I didn't even stay out much at all. But Tuesday, I was just home and I was laying, I was laying in my bed and literally, Sonia, I can tell you, I just could not move. I'm like, man, I feel so tired. I was like, hmm, you know, I must have, you know, I went out the last couple of days. I've been going out more than usual, probably just tired. So my friend calls me and we're first time meeting each other. And she literally goes, Joseph, you look great. I was like, what are you talking about? She was like, you look great. Like, are you okay? I was like, what are you talking She was like, Joe, your skin looks like, like great. I was like, okay. So I was like, all right, it's not, I guess, you know, I know that's weird, but I guess I'll, I need to get up. And then she was like, Joseph, go check yourself. And I was like, okay, I'll go check myself. I put my, I said, bye. I hung up the phone. I remember getting off of my bed and literally feeling like I'm going to fall on my face. Mm. So I got up and literally dropped on my chair. And as soon as I dropped on my chair, floods of sweat was coming out of me. Like, it looked like I took a shower. I could not even explain it. And I remember breathing. My breathing was okay, but I just was just literally faint. No energy, nothing. And then it's just like, I just remembered, because it literally felt like, imagine trying to work out and you're lifting like a bunch of weights and you over you overexerted yourself. But literally, so your entire body feels overexerted. Mm. And it's like, then I started getting like a real chest cold. Then I started coughing. And then I remember this huge, like, it wasn't a headache. It just felt like as soon as I got up, my head was like, I'm standing, but my head felt like this. And I was just like, okay, this is not good. Well, let me go check myself. And then I went that day and then that's when I took the test and they were like, yeah, you're positive. That was when, um, Omicron came around. So it was Omicron that I caught. Mm. So I'm saying that like, in my own experience, it was, it was, it was, it was quite like, it was just like, it was when I saw it was surreal because in a sense, I knew that as messed up as I felt, I did not get it to the extent of people literally like needing oxygen mask and everything else. So in a sense, it was like, although it sucked, I was lucky to, I guess, get a lesser version of it. Mm. But even a lesser version of it is, I wouldn't wish it on anyone. You literally feel like if you close your eyes, you're not going to wake up. Wow. So then I had to quarantine. And then what was, what was funny, which was like even more of a hard experience, remember I told you my aunt had passed. So her apartment was available. So now I had to quarantine in my, pa- my aunt's house, who just passed for 14 days. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I can't even imagine how that must have felt emotionally. It was tough. It was very tough. But I think around, like, maybe, like, day nine, day ten, I started feeling a little better. So I was like, okay. Wow. Thank you for describing that. Yeah. I'm glad that you got better. Yeah, yeah, I did. I, yeah, I, 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 that's something I never want to experience ever again, but it's, it's, it's as real as it gets. That was definitely not a cool experience. 
Wow, thank you. It's so good for me to be able to hear people. I love listening to people and especially knowing that our voices, ideally people in the future will hear what it's like firsthand. Cause I don't know, did you read about the um, the flu pandemic when this all started? Or because I flu or, the, or the Spanish flu? The Spanish flu. Like I Yeah, it was it, it, it was so funny how we literally repeated history. Right. In the 20s, right? Literally, like the same way. It's just we did it with technology, but it's the same way. It was like they all were running around like, oh, what are, what are, this is all, you know, this is. And it's funny, the president at the time, I think, was what, Woodrow Wilson, if I remember? I think so, because we were at war. Right. Yeah. And, and he, were, he was literally like, oh, this is this is a joke. This is this is nothing. It's, don't even worry about it. Go outside. And literally, if you take those words and put it in the future, the president at the time was saying the same thing. We literally repeated history. It was so weird. And then you, it, they mm-hmm. came out. And then the next year was like Spanish was wiping out that year, everyone. Yeah, Woodrow Wilson, 675,000 Americans died from the flu. Because I remember we were at war and he didn't want the enemy to know that so many um, Americans had the flu. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, history definitely repeated itself. And now we're at, well, we're not at war, you know, knock on wood. Um, I do pray for the Ukrainians and, wow. Is there anything else that you want to share about the pandemic? Yeah, I'm just um, happy that, you know, those of us that did make it, that um, I'm happy that we're still around and it's not something not to take away from all those that did pass because a huge number did but you know at least we're here and we know what happened and some of us have experiences some haven't but you know it's just to know that those who are like post-pandemic we just need to be more careful I guess and um and then actually just be more be more happy with the fact that if we are here that we're still here we have another day to make our lives better. So that's just always the experience. I think that's what I learned when I left my aunt's apartment. And mm-hmm. I, remember, I remember I walked out and I took a deep breath. And so I realized, whoa, I just literally not being able to go outside for literally 14 days because physically I can't. Mm-hmm. That is like an experience because then oxygen just smells different <laughs> when you go outside mm-hmm. at that point. It was just like, whoa, thank you, thank God. I remember I took a, just a deep breath. I dropped my bag and I just stood for a second. I said, okay, you are a COVID survivor now, <laughs> you know? So, which is weird. It's like, I'm a COVID survivor, a 9-11 survivor. I'm like, man, you, see, you know, so it's just like, I guess I'll have so many stories in my future. Like when the older version of me comes along. Um, so, but I'm actually grateful that I'm here. Yeah, you can write a memoir about about these experiences. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And start a podcast with that amazing voice that you have. Yes, yes, that's definitely, it's definitely something I, I must do. I, I, it's definitely a calling for me. A purpose. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. My goal, once all the recordings are in an archive, is to have an event where we can all come together so I don't know how long it will take, but I definitely look forward to meeting in person again in, in the future. 
Absolutely. And and then I guess, yeah, and I guess depending on where it is, if I have enough time, I'll just fly out to wherever everyone is. Yeah, hopefully it'll be, <laughs> I don't know if it's going to, hopefully not more than a year. So that'll give us enough time oh, yeah. to, to plan. But thank you, Joseph. Enjoy Louisiana. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, have a good night. You as well. Thank you for listening to my conversation on this episode of Black America and COVID, an oral history project. If you enjoyed the episode, then please give it five stars wherever you listen to podcasts. The more five stars the podcast has, the more visible it is, the more access I have to people who would like to share their story living, working, and or going to school during the COVID-19 pandemic. If you are a Black American and you would like to share your experience with me, then email me at soniakillaboo at gmail.com. The email is in the show notes of the podcast. Or direct message me through my Instagram account, Black America and COVID, all one word, all lowercase. If you are a non-Black American and you would like to memorialize the life of a Black American sadly lost, during the COVID-19 pandemic, then email me as well. This episode was written, produced, and audio engineered by me, Sonia Jean Killebrew, podcast host and executive producer. Thanks for listening to my oral history project, Black America and COVID.